Hello and welcome to Frank Posen's Big Bad Podcast for October 1st, 2020. Don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com and also check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. Sean Humes and I go over the current doings in the UFC and other places. Okay, going to start off this week with a couple of videos I put up for the WWE. Um, There was Asuka versus... Uh, Zelina Vega from Sunday Night at the Clash of Champions show. And unfortunately, the video has not gone up. Nobody's put it up. I have to try and figure out a way to, you know, find it my, to get it up myself. It's kind of complicated because uh, these days, uh, you know, recording and trying to get it onto the hard drive and everything like that is a big pain in the ass. So it's not something I want to do. Uh, but I did get the uh, rematch, the raw rematch up on the blog. And, you know... Uh, it really doesn't matter much because both matches are the same, right? It, like I said, giving Zelina a title match out of nowhere when she really hasn't wrestled much in the WWE was stupid. They expect fans to accept her as a threat. And she's a terrible wrestler. You know, Asuka tried to get a good match out of her, and they tried to do this by having Asuka injure her arm, okay? Uh, wasn't a real injury, folks. Uh, to Asuka's credit, she sold it. And then, and when she came out later to wrestle Bailey, I don't, I didn't put that match up either. It's way too short. Asuka uh, had a short match with Bailey. Bailey got DQ'd for using a chair, and then Sasha Banks came out and beat up Bailey. Right, so that was the real purpose of it. So then she sold it again during that match, and then the next night in Raw, she had her arm taped up, and she sold it again. So, look, a lot of wrestlers would have forgotten about it the five minutes after being injured. So that's Asuka for you. Anyway, I'm not a big fan of immediate rematches. I don't see why they do it, especially when Asuka's win at COC was decisive. And after the Raw match, they had Andrade berate Zelina and kick her to the curb. So I don't know what they're going to do with her now. And and with the draft coming up, they might move her to SmackDown. You know, I had guys trying to tell me, Oh, she she has potential. She could be a star. And the problem is, she can't work. She's awful in the ring. You know. Oh, maybe she'll improve. Listen, she's had the opportunity to improve. It's not that she can't improve. She doesn't want to be better. She listen, she was out of the wrestling business. She told she told Dwayne Johnson, okay, that she was gonna retire. He told her to hold on, all right? And he, gave, he got her the role in fighting with my family, and that's how they got, she got into the WWE. You don't think they knew about her? She'd had several tryouts. They didn't want her. She doesn't work well enough to be in the WWE. And so for three years, they had her as a mouthpiece, right? And I have no problem with her as a mouthpiece. But then all of a sudden, you want us to accept her as a wrestler? And then when she gets in the ring, I mean, the match she had with Mitchkey Day- James was just awful. She was terrible. She muffs her moves. So Asuka really tried, but it was very difficult to work with her. Okay. So anyway, that video's up on the blog. Um, the other one that I have up is from last night's NXT. It is uh, Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae versus Io Shirai and Damian Priest. This match is a setup for Sunday's NXT TakeOver show. Io is defending her NXT Women's Championship against Candice, and Priest is defending his NXT North American Championship uh, against Gargano. So 
the WWE is making a big deal about Mr. and Mrs. Gargano with the titles. And I was interested to see what kind of crazy stuff EO would do in this match. And fans asked me if EO has done mixed matches. Uh, uh, this is her first one in NXT, uh, at least on TV. Uh, Stardom really doesn't do them. Um, but she did a lot of that sort of thing when she was in Mexico. And sometimes she would guest with other Japanese companies and do them. But she just hasn't done them frequently lately. Okay, and it really doesn't matter. She can do anything. So Io's first big move in this match was climbing on Priest's shoulders and diving to the floor on Mr. and Mrs. Gargano. She also does her moonsault on Gargano, hits him with a missile drop, hits him with a springboard drop kick, all that sort of thing. So the Garganos win when the ref is distracted, and Candice uh, low blows Priest. So then they grab the belts, and that's the visual WWE wants to leave you with going off the air. So with the draft coming up on Monday, title changes are possible. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Gargano are staying in NXT. EO moving up to the main roster is a real possibility. So, yeah, I'm not usually a big fan of mixed, mixed matches, but this one isn't bad. So check it out. So check out both of those videos on my blog. Uh, the other video I have up is from last Saturday's UFC show. It is Ketlin Vieira versus Sajara Eubanks uh, at Bantamweight. So after Marion Renault pulled out of this fight, Sajara stepped in on short notice. And, you know, she had just won her last fight two weeks ago. I thought she was biting off more than she can chew. Ketlin trains at Nova Uniao in Brazil. After returning from knee surgery, Irene Aldana knocked her out. And that cost her as she would have got that match that is, you know, going to be the main event of this Saturday's show against Holly Holm. Uh, Ketlin admitted that she got overconfident and let her guard down. So... Uh, the other thing that's happening for this is Ketlin's coach, Andre Dudu Perdoniris, was tested positive for COVID-19, so Bellator fighter Marcos Galva was in her corner. Okay, Round one was pretty close. Sajara uh, was keeping her distance, but as the round went on, Ketlin found her range and landed more strikes, and she got a takedown at the end of the round. So I scored a 10-9 for Ketlin. In round two, she got a takedown. Uh, and she was controlling Sajara, but then the ref, Jason Herzog, stood them up probably too early. Uh, I think he could have left them there a little longer. Uh, Ketlin kept her poise and continued to outstrike Sajara, so I scored the round 10-9 for Ketlin. Sajara's corner told her she was down two rounds, so she was better in round three, but it wasn't enough. You know, she needed a finish because she was losing, so I scored the fight 29-28 for Ketlin, and so did all three judges, uh, so... This should get Ketlin back into the title pic picture. So let's talk about this Saturday show, which has two um, bantamweight uh, matches uh, that also figure in the title picture. The first one this is the main event is Irene Aldana versus Holly Holm. And, and I guess my main concern about this fight is it's going to be five rounds and it could be a snooze fest because neither fighter is known to be particularly aggressive. Okay. Uh, um, Especially Holly. Oh, my God. And so, and, and I thought that uh, Irene's uh, win over Ketlin was a bit of a fluke because I think Ketlin's a better fighter than her. You know, fighters make mistakes sometimes. It happens. So uh, I'm not crazy about the fight for five rounds especially. Uh, I don't know. The other uh, bantamweight fight on this uh, show is uh, Jermaine Durandami versus Juliana Pena. So, so the thing I will say about this is I think of the four fighters, Juliana is the best of the four, okay? Uh, she was on tough eight, she won tough 18. Uh, 
you know, she, she's primarily a wrestler, though she does strike as well. Uh, her big mistake was uh, she made a mis- She was winning over um, Valentina Shevchenko, and she got caught in an armbar. And after that, she went and she got married. She married a police officer and moved to Chicago. She had a baby. And uh, so she was out for a couple of years, and now she's back. She came back last year. Uh, though she lives in Chicago, Juliana still trains at Sick Jitsu in Tacoma, uh, which is her home base. And uh, as I said, she, to me, she's a pretty good fighter. Okay. Uh, Jermaine is a great kickboxer, just not a very good MMA fighter. And if you've been watching, uh, checking out some of her interviews this week, all she's been doing is kvetching. Okay. She's been complaining that, oh, Amanda Nunez beat me by sitting on me and all that kind of garbage. And it's like, well, then don't let her sit on you, you dummy. Yeah, boy. And, and also that, oh, I should be in the main event. You stink. <laughs> her fights are boring. It's not any, I don't think she's any worse than Holly or Irene. I think the only problem is Holly is more popular. Okay. Anyway, she lives back in the Netherlands now. She works as a police officer normally. Uh, she, I'm not a big fan of hers. I just don't like her as an MMA fighter. I always thought she should stick to kickboxing. But as we all know, there's no money in kickboxing. Okay, the third women's match on this show is at strawweight. It is Loma Lukbunmi versus Julian uh, Fry. Uh, or you, whatever the hell her name is. Anyways, basically, these are two fighters who were atom weights in um, in Invicta. In the case of uh, Jin Yu Fry, sorry, I had their name mixed up there. In the case of Jin Yu Fry, she was champion Invicta for a while, but she was having trouble making weight, so it doesn't particularly surprise me that she moved up to strawweight and, and came to the UFC. Um, she's kind of tall for an atom weight anyway. The only thing about her is... She deliberately, okay, and this is how she's coached by her husband, okay, she deliberately tries to do win fights by doing as little as possible. And I know that sounds weird, but the thing is she got away with it in, um, in Invicta, but I just don't think she can get away with it in the UFC. And then we saw in her UFC debut, she got submitted in the first round by uh, Kay Jackson, uh, Kay Hansen, I should say. And um, so, I don't know. She's, she, to me, I never liked her much. I just don't think she does enough to win fights. When she fights fighters who are better than her, she gets her ass whooped. You know, Ham So He knocked her out. You know, nothing else to say about that. So Loma is a different, different story. She probably shouldn't be in the UFC. I think she's way too small for strawweight, Okay. Uh, she's a Thai fighter, a Thai kickboxer, second generation. She grew up training in her father's gym, okay? And the deal with her is at one point, so she's a very experienced kickboxer. I mean, she's good at that. Um, Doesn't mean she's good at MMA. I don't think she is. Uh, So the story is that when uh, 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 Caitlin Young was working for Invicta, uh, she was living, she moved to Thailand, and she met Loma, and I guess Loma expressed interest in trying MMA, and so uh, Caitlin arranged it. 
So she had a couple of fights in Invicta, and I think one in Pancrase as well. Um, she had her UFC debut against uh, Angela Hill, and she got outclassed, really. Um, and, and I mean, she's supposed to be an elite striker, right? What about when it goes to the ground? Well, that's another story. So again, I'm kind of expecting the fight to be a, a little bit of a snooze fest because I don't think either fighter is going to be able to do much. And you got me who's going to win. I have no idea. Anyway, that's about it for today. Again, don't forget to check out my blog at frankp316.blogspot.com. Um, check out my other podcast, The Big Topic in Women's MMA. We're going to probably be doing one tonight. Uh, if you have any questions or comments for my blog or either of my co- podcasts, you can leave them on Anchor's voicemail. And if you would like to, to subscribe to the podcast, you can do so at Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Enjoy the fights. We'll talk to you later. Actually...